0: To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss.
1: Hello, I'm Freddie Sayers, and this is Unheard. Back in March, everyone's world suddenly changed. From this evening, I must give the British people a very simple instruction: you must stay at home. So, on day one of lockdown, we launched lockdown TV a place where we could gather experts, scientists, writers, politicians, thinkers, to try to help us understand what was going on in this strange moment, and what kind of world we were going to get at the end of it. And now, due to popular demand, here we are in podcast form. Welcome to Lockdown TV. So it's one of the 10 most visited websites in the world. Millions of people check it every day. It's almost become our external repository of knowledge. But can we trust what we read on Wikipedia? One person who should know and help us understand that is its co founder, along with Jimmy Wales. He's called Larry Sanger. Let me go straight in with the big question then. Um, Can we trust what we read in Wikipedia, the website you co founded?
2: Well, you can trust it to give a reliably establishment point of view on pretty much everything. Um, uh, can you trust it always to give you the truth? Well, it depends on what you think the truth is. Um, the uh, what, what many of our media sources today and Wikipedia included seem to assume is that there is only one, uh, legitimate defensible version of the truth on any controversial question. Um, Of course, that's not how Wikipedia used to be. Well, let's get into that, because that's fascinating.
1: How do you feel that it's changed from the moment when you were involved to the modern version of Wikipedia?
2: When Wikipedia was just entering the public eye, um, it was still committed to neutrality actually. And and for several years, like between 2004 and 2009 or so, Wikipedia actually was a kind of an important player in the conversation about how new media were going to emerge. People were talking a lot about, about um, collaboration and, and um, the neutrality was, was one of them. But it was, it was very interesting in that you could go to an article about a U.S. president, or about some hot-button issue, or, um, or, or uh, some um, controversial news event, and you actually would see multiple different points of view, reasonably fairly laid out. And if if that weren't the case, then people would get on on what's called the talk page of Wikipedia, and they would actually battle it out, and and different sides would ha- have a chance of of having. Um, their points of view heard. Um, So that, uh, moreover, it was a lot easier back then for people to participate. Um, So I'm talking about what I have in mind is about 2004, 2005, just as Wikipedia started to become a household name, essentially. Um, And uh, yeah, even then, you could get on an article at least on a, a second-tier topic. Maybe the most important uh, topics were already like unmanageably difficult to, for the ordinary person to participate in, but there were lots of opportunities where there, there were not people who were sitting constantly on an article and trying to make it say what they wanted it to say. That that was already going on, but not nearly as bad as today. Now, especially over the last five years or so, Wikipedia has, has changed, as you indicate, quite a bit. Um, so first of all, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's really hard to participate. On a lot of articles, if you go in and you make any edit at all, um, you will be sternly warned, if not just kicked out. And it doesn't matter if it's a completely positive, positive edit. This sometimes even happens on articles that are, are you know, unimportant.
1: Why? Um, why? Why is that happening?
2: Because I think there is a lot of influence. Wikipedia is known um, now by everyone to have a lot of influence in the world. Um, and so there's a, a very big, nasty, complex game being played behind the scenes um, to make the articles say what somebody wants them to say. Right? Well, people, I, people I,
1: actually I, employ Paid consultants, don't they, to constantly be tending to their Wikipedia entries? So it's a it's become the kind of battleground for the official version of truth. So it, there's a huge value to what your Wikipedia yeah. entry says.
2: Right, right. I mean, there there are companies called like Wiki PR and and things like that, where where uh, paid writers and editors will go in and and change articles um, and. Um, maybe there's some way to make such a system work, but not if the uh, if the players who are involved and who are being um, paid are not identified by that by name, they actually are supposed to be identified by name and saying, Well, we represent this firm if if they are officially um, like registered with some sort of um, Wikipedia editing firm. Um, But they don't have to do that because there is no requirement of real names. In fact, in fact, um, because as I say, it's a very complex sort of game. um, There's all kinds of tricks that people can play to to win it.
1: Let's uh, look into some examples then just to help people sort of understand what we're talking about. How about politics? I mean, one thing you've actually written about is that the entry for Barack Obama is very different to the entry to Donald Trump, which I suppose you would expect they being very different people and very different parties and politics. But what were you observing there? And what was it that worried you?
2: Can I change the example? I'm actually going I'm in the middle of writing a uh, another uh, blog post um, about Biden, for example. Um, So uh, the Biden article, if you look at it has very little by way of the concerns that Republicans have had about him, so if you want to have anything remotely resembling the the Republican point of view about Biden, you're not going to get it from the article. And um, there there is like a, a paragraph, I, I believe, in in, uh, in it is quite a long article about um, Biden, and so there should be at least a paragraph about um, The scandal um, involving, uh, um, well, the the Ukraine scandal. Let's just put it that way. It's very complicated. This
1: involving Hunter Biden and and his involvement. This this was the topic that was much talked about, and there were questions over whether it was censored, it was banned off various social media platforms. The New York Post was involved. It was a huge deal earlier in the year.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And very little of that can be found in Wikipedia. What little can be found is extremely biased and reads like a a, a defense counsel's brief, really. How does that happen then? Is it because
1: there are sort of teams of Democrat leading editors who are there to excise it if it gets added? Or is it that Republican leading people just aren't bothering to contribute?
2: I'm pretty sure it's the first. Um, I think that there are a lot of people who would be highly motivated to go in and, and uh, make the article more neutral, more politically neutral, but um, they're not allowed to. Uh, it's, it's quite remarkable, considering that the neutrality policy is still in place. So anyway, that, that actually is the, uh, the second way, as I was saying, the second really big noticeable way in which Wikipedia has changed. What exactly does that mean that it now represents a
1: a particular political viewpoint over all politics? Is that
2: not just political, not just political, Wikipedia is pretty reliably establishment um, in its viewpoint, whatever the viewpoint is, which is ironic, considering its its origins from a couple of libertarians, um, who uh, at least in the beginning, were really tolerant and open to all sorts of anti establishment views being canvassed within the article. Um,
1: on, so in, in, in what other ways other than politics does that establishment feeling come across?
2: Well, let's begin with like, um, Eastern medicine. Eastern medicine is is basically called quackery. Um, often in, in uh, words similar to that, dismissive, language, quite judgmental, and so forth. Um, And it's done, apparently, without any compunctions at all. Um, And then when it comes to Christianity, um, the the viewpoint on Christianity given is the the, uh, liberal one that would be found in um, mainline denominations and liberal Catholicism. As opposed to actual Bible-believing fundamentalist-type viewpoints. Now, you might say, "Well, that's okay because that's the academic point of view," and so it is for for some academics. But of course, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of conservative academics when it, when you get into religion, um, and and for that matter, it, it, you're. The the point is not to to describe the academic point of view. It's to it's to canvas all the significant points of view, and especially when it comes to something as socially important as uh, you know how Christianity is portrayed by by Wikipedia. You would expect at least that that a uh, a more traditionalist view would be fully canvassed, at least represented, it doesn't have to be advocated or anything like that, right? But it has to be explained. And it isn't.
1: Let me try and challenge you on this, um, Larry. So is there not a sense when you look something up in an encyclopedia, that you want the establishment view? I mean, it's a quick thing, you want to say, what is the main establishment view on this topic that is sort of general consensus area. If you got to an encyclopedia entry, and it had 10 different versions of truth, and you had to trawl through all of them, uh, and try and pick your way through it, it would be a lot less useful.
2: Boy, uh, actually, I don't really think that's what you want. That certainly isn't what I want. Um, um, just take, for example, uh Issues in um, let's just change the example: political issues, social uh, social issues like uh, drug legalization. If you go to Wikipedia, um, you will get uh, a, a typical progressive um, libertarian think tank view on drug legalization. Like um, it's a brief for for um, what they call drug liberalization. So you, you feel like le-
1: it's, what it's it's. Gives too much weight to the positives of drug legalization. It's, it's
2: not. It's not just that it's too much weight. The problem is that that when you look at an article about a topic like that, you actually are are looking for the means of of uh, deciding what you think about the topic, right? You you want the tools. Um, so there is a reason why we want neutrality, out of three different kinds of of content out of journalism, uh, reference content and textbooks, all three of them, we naturally expect them to be neutral, I claim. Um, And the reason for that is, when we are getting the news, when we are learning, or when we are just trying to get some basic information for background in, uh, in understanding a topic in those sorts of situations, we do not want to be led by the nose, right? We, being free individuals, want to make up our own minds. And if we don't, then there's something wrong with us. I think I'm, I'm just going to say that. Um, I think that that uh, basically, if you if you're the sort of person who just wants to be told what your relig- religion believes on the topic, you just wants to be told what your party thinks. Um, or, or um, you know, what what your uh, what the dictator thinks, um, then you're kind of in a bad situation. You're not fully human in that case. In fact, in situations in which that happens, well, the word for it is propaganda when it's systematic, and that's really what what we're dealing with on Wikipedia. So
1: you feel now feel that Wikipedia represents propaganda?
2: Well, I think all of the media does, but yes, I do. Let's talk about the last
1: year and a half, if we can, because during this pandemic period, these questions of authority, knowledge, uh, official narratives, dissent have all really come to the fore, haven't they? And social media networks have really clamped down on anyone who had a different point of view on the pandemic. Uh, And we've seen a series of examples where that's gone into difficulty. First of all, the World Health Organization was recommending things that then the advice changed. We've recently had this so called lab leak theory about where the origins of COVID came from, initially censored, now allowed, because it looks like a, a possible um, option. How? What role has Wikipedia played in that, do you think? Do you think it's been part of that sort of official version of truth?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the articles that Wikipedia has, you can just see how they are are um, simply mouthing the the view of the um, what is it the, the World Economic Council or World Economic Forum and um, um, the World Health Organization, uh, and the CDC and, and and various other establishment mouthpieces like Fauci. Um, they take their, their uh, cues from them. Now, it's, it's understandable from their point of view why they would do that, because um, they're simply, uh, by their policies, they are, they're not totally restricted to, to secondary sources, but that's what they emphasize. They emphasize not the primary sources, for information, so they don't, they don't look up tables of statistics and draw their own conclusions. They want to to, to cite articles by journalists who have looked at those tables of, of statistics, right? Um, and not all journalism, like the Daily Mail, is out. You can't you can't um, cite the Daily Mail at all. You can't cite Fox News on sociopolitical issues either. Um, it's just, it's a band now on. on uh, So what does that mean? It means that um, if a controversy does not appear in the mainstream center left media, um, then it's it's um, not going to appear on Wikipedia.
1: And you feel so, that was happening in relation to the
2: pandemic? Yes, yes, at least I've, I I haven't tracked it very closely, but but, um, to the extent that I have, yeah, that's what's going on.
1: What would you like to have seen, I suppose? I mean, that's the difficulty, isn't it? When you have a rapidly evolving story like the pandemic, and the lives are at stake and the kind of moral pressure is high, how do you represent things in stone or in an evolving article um, that are both reliable, but also represent a variety of viewpoints? It's a hard thing to do
2: well uh it, it is uh, but it's necessary um, nobody said that that um, neutrality was going to be easy so the real question here is what would a neutral neutral presentation of information uh, about the pandemic um, be like well for one thing there are a lot of experts out there who are not going along with um, the the uh, prevailing establishment point of view. But there's a lot of Nobel Prize winners, distinguished doctors, and so forth, whose views are not only not welcome on Wikipedia, they're literally censored um, on uh, YouTube, and and sometimes Facebook and Twitter, um, where uh, videos of interviews made with such people are, are removed, because they directly contradict the, the narrative.
1: Is it not a different website that you're describing though? I mean, to try and do an encyclopedia of established facts or things that are sort of secure enough to put on an encyclopedia, it seems like a different project. Than a website that hosts a spectrum of views on controversial issues. That's almost an encyclopedia of opinion, or it's a it seems like a different kind of project.
2: <laughs> but uh, but don't you see the fact that there are um, there are a variety of expert opinion on difficult questions where the the truth is not clearly established. Um, an encyclopedia of opinion, as you um, put it, is all that's possible. You can't have an an encyclopedia of fact if by fact you mean something that all responsible researchers on a topic agree to, because it's often the case that um, there is disagreement among experts on all kinds of things, things that you know, you didn't, you might not think that there's disagreement about, but that's because, you know, again, um, the, the, uh, the media narrative on those questions is constantly being massaged and changed. And-
1: Let me throw out a different example to you, uh, which I haven't given you in advance. So uh, very sadly, John McAfee, um, the antivirus software developer died and already, he—he, we're told he um, committed suicide in his prison. He was about to face extradition back to the US. Uh, I looked him up in Wikipedia, and there it is. Uh, he committed suicide in his prison. That's uh, the end of the story. Meanwhile, as often with these rapidly moving events, there's lots of conspiracies online, lots of people are uncertain what actually happened. He had posted a bunch of tweets uh, in the weeks before his death saying that if I uh, am seen to commit suicide, it, it wasn't what it appears. That's one of these tricky points, isn't it? What would you like the Wikipedia entry to say?
2: What we have to realize in such cases, is that if we, if we put one version of reality out there, then um, we are, first of all, manipulating what everyone is supposed to believe. In other words, we're making a decision for them as encyclopedists. Um, and second of all, and, and there's something wrong with that. Um, it again, takes the, uh, the right to decide based on what uh, evidence is available, um, what we shall believe on such a question. And um, and you know maybe it doesn't matter that much how how uh, John McAfee um, died, but uh, altogether though there's a lot of uh, issues that do matter. And it really, it, I mean, and, and this is this is our political lives, right? I mean, we're talking about how we should think about all of the issues that that uh, inform um, how how we vote, how our representatives' uh, initiatives are going to be received by the public, and and, and so forth. So if if only one version of the facts is uh, is allowed, then that gives a a huge incentive to um, wealthy and powerful people to seize control of of things like Wikipedia um, in in order to, um, to shore up uh, their, um, their power. And they do that.
1: Is there a case do you think that the, the era when Wikipedia was first attempted, problematic though it always was, was part of that so called end of history moment, where it felt like the whole world was going to be enveloped by a single ideology, it was a kind of high, neoliberal period, and none of the political fractures that we have seen since were were being felt yet. And it was this sense that we were going to be a single species with a single agreed upon version of truth. And all of the big questions had been answered already. And now, in the years since we see how wrong that was and how all those fundamental questions are very much still in play. And it's almost like, we don't have a single agreed upon truth anymore. So a project like Wikipedia is doomed.
2: I, I know what you're saying. I mean, uh, uh, even Recently, I, I mean, there was this sense you'd go to different cities around the world, and people would have all you know similar points of view, and the restaurants would be similar, and the hotels would be similar, and it's just like there was a, a global monoculture. I think that was the phrase that people used. Um, uh, but but even then, I mean, clearly it wasn't. Um, Because, uh, I mean, and that was reflected by Wikipedia itself in those days. Like I said, um, you could go to articles about, um, you know, religious topics, political topics, social topics, whatever, science, uh, hot button science topics, and and, uh, you would see a number of different viewpoints represented.
1: So you don't feel that... that, uh -uh. Our collective knowledge is fragmenting and is becoming more siloed than it used to be you don't you don't see a a shift
2: one of the things that people were worried about around about uh, two thousand six two thousand seven was that that um, there uh, that the rise of um, collaborative knowledge production that's radically open, or social media, um, these sorts of movements were going to fracture what we all know. Um, and uh, so there wouldn't be any one thing. And it is true that that um, there are uh, semi establishment voices like Fox News and the Daily Mail and whatever, um, saying um, things that that, uh, that the rest of the establishment sternly disapproves of. Um, so there is that sort of fracturing going on. But on the other hand, now there's this movement um, uh, that didn't exist back in 2001 to 2005. And um, where where voices are literally being silenced. And there's a global enforcement of a certain point of view on issues like COVID, which is, which is amazing to me, amazing to, to a, a libertarian, or a, a liberty loving conservative. That's just, that's incredible.
1: So what, what um, will the effect of that be? Do you think if, if the attempt is to impose a single version of truth upon everybody. Will people find different outlets to go to? Will there be more and more distrust of those mainstream sources? What do you think happens next in this story?
2: Right? Well, it's it's a good question. And it's um, uh, some people, of course, want the law to step in and to guarantee that Um, that there be freedom of speech on what are ultimately um, private but highly corporate um, outlets like Twitter, for example. I don't think that's going to work. I don't think that that, um, Twitter is going to be forced. Um, The powers that be will not allow it to be forced to allow a wide variety of of points of view there, and that would bother me. Bother me if it did, because it would it would mean that um, that there were government censors that were looking over the content of Twitter and making sure that it had the right balance or whatever, and that that would be much scarier than than Twitter itself um, censoring some conservative voices. Yeah, that's a problem. Um, the, the answer, and I hope this is the direction we're moving in, and there's some evidence that, that it is, is that we, we move back to a more decentralized internet. Um, so uh, when Wikipedia was getting started, the internet stood for, um, you know, a, a plethora of independent voices. <clears throat> that's, that's what you win. It was like the Wild West, right? And and um, we trusted outlets like uh, Facebook and Twitter and YouTube with um, with our data and gave them allowed them essentially to take over the media world. Um, and what we trusted them with was this with, was with our, our liberty and our privacy that that basically they, they weren't going to shut us down. But they, they stabbed us in in the back, essentially.
1: Larry, let me ask you to conclude with this, then. Do you think it's going to happen? If we're facing this current crisis, I think we can call it a crisis where our biggest and most powerful authorities are being censorious of dissent, and people are increasingly unsure how much they can trust them, something needs to happen. Either it's going to be a clamping down even more, and eventually people will give up or what you're talking about, or something similar might happen, a flowering of alternatives, networks. What do you think? Do you think it stands any chance of
2: actually happening? There's a certain flowering that I think is definitely going to happen. And that is, um, we are going to see more and more tools um, that allow people to act independently of, of um, big tech. And um, and in fact, I can, I can show you right over here in my corner one of the things that is going to do. This is, uh see, right down here. Hmm. What's that? This, this is a NAS network attached storage. Okay. Um, so, what a NAS is, is a personal server. Um, It has, it's like my own Dropbox, it's connected to the internet. And I bought a really fast internet connection just so that I could easily and quickly, um, you know, uh, access this. Uh, It runs my my micro blog. So what you're saying is, it's already
1: happening. To some extent, you think this, this um, decentralizing process has already started?
2: it has already started. And there's a lot of people who are really passionately interested in it. Um, and I think uh, the more that we demonstrate that, um, that it can happen and how it can be accomplished, more people will um, avail themselves. It's it might be a, a long slog, unfortunately. But um, But I I think eventually it it will happen.
1: Larry, thank you so much for your thoughts today.
2: Absolutely. I appreciate it.
1: That was Larry Sanger, a co-founder, or he prefers to describe himself as an ex-founder of Wikipedia, which is one of the biggest websites in the world, Uh, the encyclopedia many of us check every day. He says, you can't necessarily trust it and that politics and the mechanisms they use to develop their entries have reached a stage where it represents only an establishment point of view and dissenting point of views don't feature. So that was really fascinating to hear from the man himself. Some hope at the end there that actually through some process of decentralization, we might be able to get past this monolithic version of knowledge and back to something more fluid. Thank you for joining and thanks to Larry. wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com This was Lockdown TV.